last proper preach. I'm not taking these things off, I promise. <laughs> I look to the weather in Cape Town. <laughs> not last some time before we were out there, and uh, it snowed here. We were down in Dorset. It snowed in Dorset. That never happens because of the Gulf Stream and stuff. But it, it snowed in Dorset, and we showed the guys pictures of the snow. And some of the guys that only ever lived in the Eastern Cape and the West Cape were just like, but everything's gone white. And all the schools are closed. <laughs> yeah. What excites you? What really excites you? There are things that I think excite me, but all they do is put me on edge, actually. I confuse excitement with being nervous or being... <coughs> I didn't actually watch the football last night. I did some other stuff. I kept checking. And I just had a sense we were going to lose on penalties. And when I got to the end, I thought, oh, that's okay, we haven't lost on penalties. Oh, heck. We lost because of a penalty. But there you go. Was it exciting? Because mixed in with the excitement. Those, those that like football here, it's alright. <laughs> But mixed in with excitement is, is the possibility of disappointment, isn't it? Because there's this hope of what's to come, and it might not happen, and that's what makes it slightly exciting. You know? Watford and QPR are playing this afternoon, not each other. And we're ex. No, we're not. Oh, I'm going to be cold. We're hopeful. Are you going? Oh, bless you. Good. But we're hopeful, aren't we? We're hopeful. But the excitement has something about disappointment in it, or potential disappointment. But excitement about God does not carry the potential for disappointment. Because to have faith, Hebrews 11, I will get to the... Oh, he's doing the computer. Are you in there? No, don't panic. I'm not done anything yet. In a second, I'll get to the passage in a minute. I will wake you up when we need you, all right? <laughs> Hebrews 11 says, your faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what is to come. To have faith doesn't mean, oh, I do hope so. You know that's the Anglican disease, don't you? The Ang are you going to heaven? Yes. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise. It's, it's woven into the Book of, <laughs> Book of Common Prayer. I love the Book of Common Prayer. I absolutely love it. Except it's woven into it, because you start by going, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. And then you get forgiven. Then you take communion. And then halfway through the glory, you go, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm a dirty, dirty, rotten sinner. There's no sense of assurance in the Book of Common Prayer at all. It's a, it's a big problem. Apart from being written in language that's 
700 years old, and beautiful, but doesn't communicate with the vast majority of people. But communicates deeply for those who love it. Is it Book of Common Prayer this morning, Chris, at 9 o'clock? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Verily it was. Verily it was. <laughs> Verily I say unto thee. <laughs> Even the NIV doesn't do verily I say unto thee very well. It goes truly, truly I say to you. What the heck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> truly, truly. Who's this girl called Truly? Have we done Chitty Bang Bang? That's good. Truly scrumptious. Faith is not a risk. Faith is being certain and being sure. What God says will happen. Now, we might have to deal with our disappointment in it because it might not be what we hoped it was. It might not look like what we think it should. It might not meet all of my requirements. But do you know what? It'll meet all of his requirements. It will be exactly what he designed it to be. And actually, I'd rather be in the place where I'm doing what God wants to do and I'm in his promises, in his way, in his shape, than trying to wrestle with him to make it my shape. Because every time I wrestle with it to make it my shape, I end up like Jacob with a dislocated spiritual hip. It doesn't work. I end up limping. Because God's plans will out. All that rubbish in the census. Less than half the population in Britain now say they're Christian. Wake up. The number of Christians in the country 25 years ago was only 7%. Now, there might be another 45% on top of that who say they're Christian. That means they have Christian values. Everyone I bury is a Christian, apparently. Because they watch Sons of Praise every Sunday. Because they're the last week in my You know? God's plans will out. He will always use his people. And look what, it, look what the scriptures say. Look what the scriptures actually say. Are they about a load of people following God perfectly and showing us exactly how to do it? No. They're full of people doing it the wrong way and disobeying God and showing us what not to do. And that's not just the Old Testament. Try reading one or two Corinthians. That's all we are, aren't we? Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, and Galatians. He's not happy with the people in Galatia either, is he? And most of those seven churches in Revelation don't exist now. But they were the seven special churches that there was a message for. And did they? No, they didn't. They don't exist. Some do, but not all of them. Difficult when you're now in the centre of the Muslim world. We don't mess it up any more than the people of God did in the Bible. In fact, we have the advantage in that we have the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, rather than the Holy Spirit who comes from a person for a purpose, for a period, free Pentecost, all that stuff. Do you get excited about Christmas? Do you know for 25, maybe 30 years, I hated Christmas. Still hated it. Christmas meant the worst week of the year. My parents weren't great, but they'd be at each other's throats over Christmas because dad wasn't at work. And it'd be worse. 
I hated it. And even as I grew up, I found every reason not to be with family. Didn't like it. Every present I gave to my mum got returned before the beginning of January. Couldn't it? Christmas is horrible. Then I met Wendy, and Christmas got a bit better. Then we decided to have kids, and Christmas got quite a bit better. Then I became a curate, and Christmas got really crap again. <laughs> <laughs> because for my first incumbent, nothing was ever good enough, and whatever I'd done was wrong. And the first midnight communion I did, my second year all day, Christmas morning, he tore me off a strip. But how bad he was. So now Christmas is not only I've got that history with family, I've got that looking over my shoulder because I'm doing this wrong, aren't I? Have I got a good memory? Yes. Yeah? So he insisted that I remembered the communion liturgy and we didn't have any books. Could I remember a flipping word of it <laughs> at that point? No, because I had to. I couldn't. If it's in front of me, I don't look at it. As a musician, I've always been the same. You know, I have the music up here. These guys cheat. Looks like they haven't got music, but they've got they've got their little tablets with with it all on. But you know, Johnny stands up the front without any music. I can't do that. I have the music in front of me, and I don't look at. Well, you know, I don't look at it to get the words wrong half the time. <laughs> but was I excited about Christmas? No. And then I suddenly realised in Dorset, three or four years in, they didn't mind. They, didn't, they weren't bothered if I made a mess of it. They weren't bothered if I got things back to front or I forgot to do a little bit of the liturgy. They weren't coming up and going afterwards and going, you forgot to do whatever it was. They didn't mind. And I've discovered you lot don't mind. Do you know what? Most people don't mind. Because actually what they want is to come together. But do I get excited about Christmas now? Yes. Don't go to me in-laws this year, but anyway. <laughs> Wait, oh no, Wendy's not here. You pray for my daughter, she's not well. Wendy's gone down to clear up the mess. <laughs> she's just not well. But won't not go to school because she doesn't want to get behind. So she's spreading her germs beautifully. But the head of the department's told she's got to be in school, it doesn't matter how ill she is. Because that's the pressure that's coming on. There you go, do pray for me. I'm excited about Christmas. I'm excited about next year, not just because I won't be here at the beginning. <laughs> I'm excited because of what God's going to do. Whoa, the clock's starting to break. You're doing better. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. You sat with me too, right? Thank you. So if I just Packs of 50, is that right? Um, you know, one, if we get the 50 less, it's not enough. We'll get 50 more, we've got too many. But, you know, it's, it's
You normally get this Sunday after Christmas, or maybe the Sunday of the New Year, but I'm not here. So you're getting it now. We were going to give it to you next week, but it's the family celebration thing, so we'll lose the... Uh, I think I've got a hole in my pocket. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'll put it in a Explain why that I never have any change, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the righteous are as bold as a lion. I know we have a laugh with Leonard, but you know, the lion image is a strong one for us. The righteous are as bold as a lion. What it says Are you the righteous? Yes. Yeah, you are. You're the righteous people of God. You have been put right with God. Are you the perfect people of God? Careful. Yes. Do you live as the perfect people of God? Nah. I'll give you a list later. And I'm on the list. I'm for number one. The vicar's not perfect. The righteous are as bold as lions. Why is the church right now so unexcited about the message it has that we spend our whole time saying sorry. Our whole time trying to conform to culture. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't panic me, these are still all the scriptures I'm using. It's fine, we will get to Isaiah in a moment. But that's what the church is doing, it's aping culture. I know there are big issues and we've got to work some stuff through and all this, but we're aping culture and it's not good. One of the things I've been told off recently is we're not democratic as a church. Do you know what? I know we're not, because we're not a democracy. We're not a congregationalist church. In fact, there are very few congregationalist churches now. They joined in with the URC at some point. United Reformed, Presbyterians. Ask me later. But we don't follow everybody's opinion and have a majority decision. We seek the Lord. Even nationally, we don't follow what Synod says. The bishops make decisions. And the Archbishop makes a decision. We're led by leaders who we vote on. And in. And bishops are now much more open than it ever used to be. But we vote people to vote people. To, that's how we have accountability. The problem is our culture doesn't trust leaders, does it? Damn good reasons, most of the time. Again, sorry, football reference, but. The rubbish is coming against Gareth Southgate this morning. And he's been brilliant. And he's fostered a culture that's got rid of all the fear around playing football for him. You've got guys playing out of their skins last night. I did watch the highlights. <laughs> You've got guys playing out of their skins last night who missed penalties in the final last time of the Euros and are not scared to have a go. 
all who told you Southgate was rubbish. No, he's not. He hasn't brought about the outcome that we wanted. Guess what? He hasn't brought about the outcome he wanted. It's not what he was planning. Our leaders are broken, fallible human beings. Am I talking to the England football team? Or am I talking to church? Yes. Exactly. Are our bishops perfect? Has my bishop wound me up in the last few weeks? Yes. You've not seen the thing he's written and he didn't read the Telegraph yesterday. He's wound me up something rotten because he was somebody I believed was standing in exactly the same place as me. But you know what? I've had to realise that for 98% of what he says, he's still standing in the position that I stand in. It's only this 2% that we disagree on. Uh, okay, that's... I'll buy that one. I trust him. I don't agree with him, but I trust him. My previous diocese, I didn't agree with the bishop on 98% of things. And we only agreed on 2% of things. But he was a lovely guy and really supportive of me and helped me a lot. Oh. And the guy I really agreed with down in Dorset, our area bishop in Shawbourne, was a nightmare. But we agreed on everything. But he was a nightmare. How do you do that one? You disagree nicely and kindly, but I recognise his authority. Are we excited about what the church will bring? The church may be not excited about its message, but is St. Leonard's excited about its message? Are we on message? Do we believe the message the Lord has given us to bring? That we are, on bottom there, we are going to see the kingdom manifest. That we're going to worship Jesus together. We've done that this morning. We've seen the kingdom manifest this morning. And we're going to submit to the Holy Spirit. We will not submit to the Holy Spirit unless I and Chris and the wardens submit to the Holy Spirit. The standing committee. And unless we, yeah. Guess what our aim is? <clears throat> do you not know? Our aim is to do what we want, when we want it, and stuff a lot of it. Is that right? <laughs> That's what I've been accused of in the last couple of weeks. Just being selfish. Really? <laughs> if I was just being selfish, you know what I'd do? Because it's so much easier not to do anything and just leave it as it is. So much easier. Talking to a friend of mine who's a vicar, you'll see Tim's coming to speak uh, sometime in February, I think. <coughs> Tim and I sometimes go, oh, I wish I was liberal, theologically, because it would just be so much. You just turn up on a Sunday, do what it says in the book, go and have a cup of tea with two or three people in the week, and that's it. And then we, we both go, no, but we've met Jesus, so we can't do that. We can't do that. He keeps talking to us. We can't do that. We keep reading the scriptures and see that we need to change. We can't do that. We cannot do that. It's true, Chris, isn't it? We've got to do what the Lord is telling us. The wardens will tell you, we've got to do it. Otherwise, what's the point? There's nothing to get excited about. Nothing. We are lion-hearted, courageous disciples, a prophetic community expecting revival. 
Do you expect those transformations? Do you expect to see God on the move? Do you expect to see God bring people to faith? Do you expect to see healing? Do you expect God to speak and bring words of encouragement and challenge? Honest, sometimes I hate being a prophet. I hate it. Because you do realise I'm a people person. It's good. And I like people. Not just Joe, just a feeling, right? Give you all the heart. But, if the Lord gives me something challenging to say, I've got to say it. Came for a prayer appointment recently, didn't you? No. Julia, yeah? Four recently. <laughs> Was it encouraging? Yes. Was there a challenge? But was it still encouraging? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't hurt, does it? It might stir up. I'm not going to tell anybody. Do you know what? I can't remember anything about it. That divine amnesia thing is absolutely I cannot. I'm suddenly going, what was that? What was that? Can't. But I remember you being going, well, actually, this is quite encouraging. Don't be surprised. Just because I'm not here going to the leaders, please come for prayer appointments. Please come for prayer appointments. There's a wonderful team out here who can encourage you and challenge you just as much as I can. It's, when I go away, it's not on pause. Might be on Leonard's pause. <laughs> Somebody tell Johnny that one. Be pleased with that one. Oh, I heard a cracking one in the week. Two chess masters. But nothing to do with anything, it's just a joke. Right? <laughs> Two chess masters were standing in a hotel uh, boasting about their matches and how well they've done. And the hotel manager came across them and said, Well, you two go to your rooms. I said, Why? We can stand. No, I hate chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. But I love it because it's, it's a really long one. It's, it's all a pun, that one. I like it. <laughs> Somebody said to me, what's the best thing about your congregation? I said, they either laugh or groan at my jokes. There's no silence. <laughs> That's, uh, I don't mind the groan. You should get it. Are we excited about what God is going to do? Now here we go. Let's have Isaiah up. I know. I know. She's brilliant. This is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. This is Isaiah. What's this referencing? Come on, you know. That's it. It's back in the history, isn't it? This is looking back. You do know prophets look back as well as forward, don't you? And they're looking back and going, look, victory. <coughs> Pharaoh's army is under the water. And Pharaoh's army is defeated. Look back. Look back. See it. Delight in it. Rejoice in it. See what has been. Note it. 
Have we got an amazing history at St. Leonard's? Going back three, four hundred years, maybe beyond. We know about Thomas Clark. Do you know Thomas Clark used to educate people? Men were sent to him before they went to theological college to make sure they stayed sound and they'd have a year or two years here. And Wesley and, and the, the Methodist movement would, but they weren't Methodists because they stayed in the Church of England to start with before the actual break. They would send people here to live in that old rectory with Thomas Clark. And he would educate. Do you know what we were that back then? We were an equipping church. Oh, weird, isn't it? What's the call on us? It's to be an equipping church. The thing is, I heard God say we're an equipping church before I found out about Thomas Clark's role in equip. Of that, isn't it? But we look back and we give thanks for all that has been. 800 year celebration just before I arrived. Did you look back and give thanks? <coughs> it looked slightly worried. Was it hard work? <laughs> it was okay. But it was, it was a great celebration of what has been, wasn't it? Great celebration. And Isaiah's doing the same. He, the first thing he says here is look back and see the good things. And be thankful for them. Because what has been is what feeds what is. What has been is what feeds now. And you're all the same. You guys have been around decent teaching and some amazing prophetic people for a long time. I'm trying to remember the guy that's died recently. Barry Kessler. Great man. Did he have an impact on you? Do you still remember stories he told? Probably. Do you, uh, Fred and Jean are part of their history. What Barry and David Pitches and the guys at St. Mary, uh, St. Uh, Andrews put into them. I don't know why I said St. Mary's, sorry. St. Andrews <coughs> is part of who they are now. Wonderful. The people that put stuff into me in Preston and in Oxford are part of me now. But you're no longer at St. Andrews, are you? And I'm no longer at St. Cuthbert's in Preston. I'm no longer at St. Aldate's in Oxford. And I'm no longer at Ham Preston in Dorset. We are St. Leonard's. Now we carry that stuff. If we've come from other denominations, we carry that stuff with us. And it's part of who we are. Actually, we gather for one reason. To worship Jesus. And every time we talk about Jesus, we look back to what he did, the baby in the manger who grew to be the man on the cross, who went through being seen for us and rose from the dead. That's historical. It's done. It's good in there. Because it's done. We don't have to sort it. It's done. It's sorted for us. We can stand four square on that gospel. That's a four square. Pentecostals do. They stand, stand, force. Oh my God, isn't it wonderful? You know what's coming next? What word's coming next? <laughs> All that history has got to be now in shape. So these guys don't look like St. Andrew's people now. 
because you're at St. Helens. <coughs> you look like St. Helens people. Well, last time I checked, you did anyway. Do you know what I mean? But you carry all that stuff with you, and we rejoice in it. I give thanks I was Wimberized in the 1980s and 90s. But John's been dead a long time. But thank God for it. Thank God for Bethel. Thank God for... I could actually go into a whole load of places you've probably never heard of in terms of high church, reflective, and goodness knows what else that are in me that form who I am, that make me as mad and as off the, off the rails as I am. So what does Isaiah do? Forget the former things. I beg your pardon? What do you mean forget? It, what does it say? Verse 18. What's the first word of verse 18? Yes. He's just rehearsed them. He's just repeated them. And then says, well forget this. He's reminded you of it, now forget it. Challenge, isn't it? For those of you with a scientific mind out there, it doesn't make any sense at all. Because you're going to build an argument and then you say, well, forget that. What? The Lord says, dwelling on the former things means we will miss what he's doing now. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. What did the Pharisees do when Jesus turned up? They dwelt on the former things and missed Jesus. Which was really sad for them because you know who they've been looking for the whole of their lives? Jesus. Messiah. Jesus. And when he turned up, he wasn't what they were expecting. He didn't look like what they wanted. He wasn't giving them what they felt they should, they were entitled to. So they nailed him to a cross and said, you're just another charlatan. You're just another who claims, but you're not. Do we take the word of God seriously? Is it the foundation of our faith? So it was for the Pharisees. Do we try and live the word of God every day? So did the Pharisees. Do we make sure we pray in a disciplined way and read the scriptures disciplinedly? Yes. I'm sorry, I answered for you then, do you? <laughs> so did the Pharisees. But they missed what God was doing. The people most likely to miss what God is doing are those that are looking for what God is doing. Because we bring our own agenda to it. And we want it our own shape and our own way. The world has no problem with these things. Because they've not got any preconceived ideas. I love a new Christian coming into a fellowship. I love it. You know the living in freedom stuff that we've taught? For most of you, we've had to undo ways of thinking before we could do these ways of thinking, which are biblical. And every now and again, we get somebody new in who has no preconceived ideas, and you can just go, but it's like this. And guess what? They don't go, what do you do? They go, okay, thank you. And on we go. But, but, 
Don't worry, I was with you lot. I, was, I had to undo a whole load of thinking before I could get anywhere near it. Now it springs up. This new thing he's doing isn't going to go... It springs up. It erupts into the world. It revives the world. It brings the water to the Spirit and goes... It doesn't go... Fancy glass water. It's, you can't miss it. Look at the great revivals of the past. They were messy. I'm going back to the World Cup again. Stop it. Go somewhere else. You get that reference? You can. <laughs> this could be a messy World Cup. You get it, Joe? You get it? Just thank you. Chris got it just then. Uh. Ruth was so shocked she got it. She laughed. <laughs> A word was spoken over Wendy and I a long time ago. Is that we have a problem. We leak oil. Everywhere we go, we bring the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we bring the presence of God, and we leak oil all over <coughs> your nice new carpets. And some people go, oh, the oil of God, great. And other people go, get off my carpet. Do you know what? We don't go around going, have some oil on your carpet. Have some oil on you. We just walk and we leak oil. So I'm not going to apologise. My instinct is to go, I'm really sorry I'm leaking on your carpet. But I'm not going to apologise. I'm just going to be who I am. And when is going to be who she is? And if we leak on your carpet and you don't like it, that's not our problem. Don't invite us in. But if we leak on your carpet, I'd actually embrace it. <coughs> Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert. Does the world feel like a bit of a <coughs> desert at the moment? And there are streams in the wasteland. This picture that's at the top of this card about the beech tree and the leaves that have to fall because the buds push the leaves out. The new leaves and the new fruit cannot come without these leaves falling. And the leaves fall to the ground <coughs> and mulch and feed the tree. The old growth feeds the now growth. Thank God for Hugh and Jamie. Thank God for Gary. Thank God for Mike. I'll stop there. Otherwise, it could go on for another 800 years. These guys did amazing things. And some of you immediately, as soon as I say one of them, you go, oh, I didn't like them. Or oh, I liked him. No, I didn't like him. They all came because God called them. They all brought what they brought, and it fed into what St. Leonard's is. For good or ill. Do you know what? And so do you. <laughs> you bring a feed to what St. Leonard's is, for good or ill. But I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I want to see life. I want to see oil. I don't want to leak oil. I want to flow. And it'll get messy. Uh, and messier. And messier. Did I share the picture of the being, see, being inside a big open space? Did I share that one? Some of you are nodding, some are not. I'll just share it again quickly. <coughs> 
inside this big open space with robes on. We were doing church, clearly. And there were people around the edge sitting at tables, grumbling because there were no pews. <laughs> we got pews in both places. You do realise that, don't you? I hate this place. I hate it. It doesn't give us the freedom we want. But not as a church. So this is what we've got, so we have to do it, don't we? Anyway, we're sitting in this big space. I've got my robes on, so I know we're at church. <laughs> and a family come through the door. And they've got knives and forks in their hands. And they say, is this the place we can eat? And I go, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And they go and sit around the communion table. And they sit there as if it's a dinner table. They have no idea. And they wait to be fed. Now, I go across them and actually move them to another table. Because this actually, this is where we serve, so we... Oh, okay, that's okay. But can you imagine the people around the edge and they're going, we're going on the side of the communion table. And people around the edge start to walk out. Because this isn't what it's supposed to look like. And I'm standing there going, no, it's not what it's supposed to look like, but it's what's happening. And then a whole range of people come in, they just flow in. I, I don't recognise anybody apart from myself. I can't see who it is. And a whole horde of people come in with knives and forks going, is this where we can eat? And guess what? Most of them were not bloody Cheshire boys. Huh? More like Christmas parties at the store home. Yeah? Much more rough. And, and you know, some of them went to the communion table. They didn't sit round it. They sat on it. I don't dream. Well, I don't remember my dreams. The Lord woke me up. And I had to come in repentance because even I was like, oh, they can't sell the communion. Why can't they? It's a table. These guys are hungry. These guys are coming to feed. These guys aren't part of the sea and the chariots under the water and these, part, these guys are the new thing. My message to you this morning. I'm going to challenge you. Then we're going to go into worship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. And get some encouragement. But my challenge is, if we will not embrace the new thing, if we will not embrace the new thing, we will end up as the chariots and the horses who are lying under the water, never to rise again. I was told this week, I love some of you, and there's a load of you I don't know. We have a technical word for that, which I won't say in public, but it's not true. I love all of you. There is nobody on our electoral roll, or not on our electoral roll, that I don't love. I don't want to see you on the wall. I will come into the water and try and raise you up. The problem is, every time I try and raise people up, they keep arguing. But actually, if you just raise up, then we could go to the next person. And... <laughs> 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 
Jesus did cliques, you know that. He did three. He did twelve. Because he needs to organise. He did seventy. Because stuff needs to get organised. That doesn't mean he doesn't love the whole world. So there is leadership in this church. Do I love Ruth more than I love Ruth? Oh. Do I see Ruth more than I see Ruth? Because she's my PA. Do you reckon? In fact, are we more likely to fall out than we are? Possibly because we're working together. But she's part of the clique. Let other people are under yourself and resent them. Sorry, but you are. Three or four days a week. <laughs> Are we going to perceive the new thing? And embrace it. Give thanks for the past. She's back. I stopped. <laughs> I saw her go. It's like, oh, not just quickly coming to land here. That's right. Leads. Leads We've got. And here's something I don't want you to do. I don't want you embracing this and doing what we're doing in the new year for me. I don't want you doing it for me. I really don't. I want you to do it because you know it's right. And it's what God is called. And you do it for him. You don't do it for me. You don't do it for me or Chris. Or any of the leadership. You do it for Jesus. Because we're not doing it for you. We're doing it for him. If we were doing it for you, we'd do it differently. And it would be less painful. We've got to be in the place where we do it for him. Are you ready to be as bold as lions? Are you ready to see the kingdom manifest? Are you ready to worship Jesus together? Are you ready to submit to the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to let the leaves fall to the ground, mulch and feed from and are you ready to be part of the new growth? I think you are, aren't you? But being ready doesn't mean, yeah, I'm ready. It means, yes, I'm ready. And stepping up and stepping out.